We've got a new sponsor. Yes, www.badfishmerch.com, where listeners can get 10% off with our promo code THEMEPARK at checkout. Tell me more. They can do any slogan or picture using all sorts of vinyls, including rainbow, leather effect, glow in the dark, and even reflective. I'd quite like to see myself reflected in someone else's slogan that they were wearing. Creepy. But you too can be creepy at www.badfishmerch.com using promo code THEMEPARK. What slogan sums up this show? Chaos ensues. Lovely. Roll the titles. Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this time we are discussing the Pixar classic Monsters Inc., which was released on the 28th of October 2001 in the USA and the 8th of February 2002 in the UK. But as ever, before we talk about that, we're just going to touch on where it features in a theme park. So we're only going to do Walt Disney World, the Florida one, because I I know there is stuff in Paris and LA, but we'll talk about Orlando because that's our default place. And they have the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, which opened on the 2nd of April 2007, replacing the Timekeeper, which I'm not sure I remember the Timekeeper, if I'm being honest. I don't think I've even heard of it. No. One that you don't want to keep, which is good. Yeah, so for once, I'm pleased it's not there. However, I'm not pleased that Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is there because I honestly, truly believe it's one of the worst attractions I've ever been in in the whole of Walt Disney World. Well, I've never been. What is it? Okay, so it's a show rather than a ride. You go in and sit in like a theatre And all of these monsters pop out of the screen and tell jokes and then they collect your laughter. Well, the jokes are awful yeah. for a start. But worse than the jokes is you've all got a camera filming your reaction. And if you aren't laughing, they'll like put you up on the big screen, your oh face. God. And it'll say something like, like they'll zoom in on a random person and say, oh, after the show, this person's going to buy everyone a soda and everyone will go, <laughs> because if you laugh too much, they put you up. If you didn't laugh enough, they put you up. You know, being British, that's like our worst nightmare, that kind of thing. It like literally is just, you know, it, it just gave me chills. Yeah, it just makes me feel, ugh. I went in it when it first opened and I don't remember this happening, but the second time I went in it, when I went with my friend who had never been in there, so I did... You know, I went in because she hadn't seen mm. it. 
they were letting you text in jokes in the queue and then you might get your joke read out. But obviously, if you've got your joke read out, you've probably got even more chance of being on the screen. But I wonder how many people text in filthy jokes that obviously would never get through and be told. But wouldn't you be tempted? Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what it is. It's a show. And also, you can't be laughing too much, but you can't be la- you can't not be laughing. Yeah. So you've got that pressure. But then equally, I bet you've got some people in there who are really, I mean, finding it the most hilarious thing in the whole entire world. Yeah, mainly the Americans. No offence, American listeners. And you're probably just sat there like, what are they laughing at? I mean, like, I get it if you're a kid because it was quite juvenile. So I understand it would make a child laugh. And in turn, it might make you laugh that your child is laughing. But any adults that are in there, unaccompanied by a child, that are laughing raucously, I think it's very odd. (laughs) Sorry, I just do. I believe in the other parks it's a ride, but I couldn't tell you what it was. By the time it had come into LA and Paris, I think I'd already been there. I haven't been there in recent years to either of them to tell you. It's not the show per se I have the problem with it's the forced audience participation well yeah it's just it's just being on edge the whole time you know like if yeah you just can't if you said if someone wants to if it was a bit of thing that you know front row they're going to call on you and pick on you some people Mm. love like that you know that's their thing that's fine let them do that but you know if you knew that you could be sat at the back taking it in without the fear Mm. It might be better. Yeah, I think so. I think, And I think that's a mistake Disney and Universal both make in that they assume everyone wants to be picked out for something. And they don't. No, it's not the case. And it's like one of those things, like being an adult, what you'd actually want to say is, you know, someone picked on you and said something. You kind of would want to be like, no, sorry, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Mm. But <laughs> you can't. And they, like, physically drag you some of these shows by the hand. Yeah, and and you just look like an absolute buzzkill if you're sat there like, don't, don't get me involved. You know, people would be like, oh, God, calm down. It's not a big deal. Mm. I think you should be able to, before you go in, be able to say, I don't want to be part of it. Maybe give you, like, a badge (laughs) that says, don't approach me. in any way when you go in at the gate if you don't want to participate in anything just pop a badge on or a sticker that let people know you know you're you're there to enjoy yourself but don't don't pull me out of anything I'm not interested in that don't talk to me yeah like you're there to enjoy yourself privately on your own yeah I'm happy with the people surrounding me that I've gone with I don't need anyone else to make my day magical thank you yeah but on to the film. When did you first see this? When it came out the cinema? I don't think I saw this for quite a long time. Oh. I thought, oh, no, it's not my thing. I, I can't be bothered with it. And then someone was like, no, it's actually quite good. And then I watched it and I was like, hmm, it actually was all right. I saw this on my birthday because it came out three days before my birthday. Oh. So that's how I remember seeing it. I I usually do get Disney films around my birthday because it happens to fall on the UK half term most of the time, which was fantastic when I was a kid. Rubbish when you're an adult, because wherever I go... Kids. Yeah. But as a kid, it was great because I I got to get my Mm. birthday off practically every year. 
So yeah, I, I do remember going and seeing it at the cinema, like in an evening show. Yeah. And there was less kids around. But I think at that point, Pixar hadn't really made a duff film. This was, was this the third one? So it was Toy Story, Bugs Life, and then this. Oh, okay, yeah. I think, yeah, they just kept getting better at that stage. Well, they did start, I mean, I know I'm not the biggest fan, but they did start with probably the best. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a high bar to set, wasn't it? Yeah. But I remember this one, the animation, especially around Sully with all the, the hair on him and stuff, was, like, incredible. And even now when you watch it, it's still impressive. Yeah. So... It starts in uh, what we assume is a kid's room at night. Monster is supposed to be scaring the child and he messes it up. And then you see it turns out to be a simulation, which is uh, almost like, I don't know, like a job interview to get a job at this Monsters, Inc. place, I guess. Yeah, because when I when I started watching it, I was like, the child looks really fake. But then obviously it is, isn't it? It is, yeah. And we're told that... One of the big mistakes he made was he left the door open and you never leave a door open because they believe human touch could kill. And the reason they're scaring these kids is because their screams power the city. Yeah. We then cut to Mike and Sully who are walking to work to save energy. And we find out that Sully is the top employee. Mike's the right-hand man. I found him annoying. <laughs> later on in my list I put I bet Holly finds Mike annoying and do you know what annoys me actually and and there was one bit Carla they said at the beginning when Mike woke Sully up he said something to him and he went he said oh I've known you since the fourth grade but he doesn't he didn't know him since the fourth grade when did he know him since they met at university oh how do you know that because in Monsters University. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not some weird fan. I thought you'd written like some fan fiction of them or something. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she really did get into this film. <laughs> um, in Monsters University, he shares a room. Mike shares a room with Randall. That's how they know each other. And then they are at the university and Sully, that's what that's how they meet. Okay. So error. Yeah. error well, error in this or in, in the sequel, whatever way you look at it. Yeah. We then see the receptionist, Roz. Yeah. Sully is up against another monster called Randall for the top slot. And Randall's a bit of a git. Yeah. We see a monster get contaminated because he comes out and he's got a child's sock stuck to him. So they have to uh, decontaminate him and the building. And as they're going home, Sully sees a door has been left out. So he opens the door to see if there's a monster in there. And then a little girl called Boo gets out. Well, she's not called Boo, is she then? No. Well, we don't know her name, do we? No never revealed what her name is i just think just leave it alone don't open the door (laughs) yeah yeah he thinks that he's put boo back but she's actually on his back yeah climbed up so eventually manages to get hold of her takes her to the door but randall has moved it he takes her out in a monsters inc holdall 
and somehow she manages to get out and he's seen in the restaurant that he's sitting in with Mike and that causes a panic. It looked quite nice, I thought. It did, didn't it? If they'd have done like a Monsters, Inc. land. Yeah, you could have eaten there. Could have done. Mr. Trick there instead of doing that stupid comedy show. (laughs) And that's something nice to eat rather than watching that. (laughs) Then we see they're back at the flat and she's playing and then she starts to cry. But they notice that when she laughs, there's a power surge. Yeah. So this is kind of the, the start of what's to come. Yeah. She climbs into Sally's bed and shows a picture that she's drawn of Randall. And, to, you know, she communicates that he scares her every night. Sally tells Mike he doesn't think she's dangerous and they should just sneak her back in. So they dress her up as a monster. I thought that was quite a good idea. Very clever, wasn't it? Also, I was thinking, do they live on a different planet? I had a lot of questions about this. It, did, it wasn't really explained why they were visiting humans. Like, does the door lead them to other planets or...? Yeah, well, just the just the our world does it just lead to that or is, are there other uh, yeah are there other places yeah it well it wasn't very clear and then also it was I had another question I think mm. like they don't have many scarers by the looks of it do they or like they need more it just seemed to me a bit like they could just you know there was only about six in that room wasn't there there wasn't a lot yeah you know why would they just keep going back to the same children like there's children but there's a lot of children in the world, isn't there? Mm. I thought that the monsters that were scaring, I mean, Sally doesn't look scary in the slightest. I mean, Mike, he looks way more terrifying. Not all children get scared by the same thing. Okay. <laughs> That's what you learn at Monsters University. Oh, I see. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this was back to your fan fiction phase. So it tells you in there that you can't, because Sully, actually, to begin with, when he goes, he's very cocky at university. And he, yeah. Oh, is he? He's not as No. Nice. And he is a bit like, why am I here? I know I can scare, like it's pointless. And then he says, the teacher says something, but he just jumps in and screams or like roars at the, mm. the you know, roars. And then, he, then they say, oh, no, you would have failed because this, child is only scared of like snakes or something oh okay something like that oh it's quite in depth isn't it (laughs) you learn a lot yeah i can tell so at work uh the contamination crew are there because they find the holdall that she was in which leads them back to there and randall is meanwhile looking for boo thinking that he was the one that let her out which he sort of was, you know, in the grand scheme of it, it was his fault. Yeah. She gets away from Sally again before he can return her. And when he finds her, she laughs and yet again mm-hmm. the power surges. The door appears, but Sally doesn't trust it. And Mike goes in to prove it's safe and Randall snatches him. We watch Sally and Boo looking for Mike and Randall is about to torture him. I didn't really get that. I'm not sure what he was torturing him for. Like, I understand if he's going to, I don't know, even just kill him, but what, what is he torturing him for? I think it, maybe he was doing it to get more screams. Oh. Surely they're more useful alive than screaming once. Well, yeah, but do the monster screams count? I thought it was only child screams. What? Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, I don't know. 
why he did that. Anyway, they escape. And Booze sees Sully being scary and it upsets her. And then he sees on the, the camera what he actually looked like when he was being scary and it makes him sad. Mm. The boss steps in and they explain it's all Randall's fault. So the boss takes Boo and shoves Mike and Sully out of a door that's held open by Randall and they're banished. To the Himalayas. To the Himalayas, <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know what happened at this point, whether I dozed off, whether I went to make a cup of tea, don't drink tea, coffee. Why do people say that in this country, go and make a cup of tea? I say that all the time. I don't drink tea, but I will go and say I'm making a cup of tea. Oh, I would never say that, unless I was. Oh. kind of fancy a tea now, actually. Do you? Yeah. Get Adam to make you a nice cup of tea. <sighs> I'm going to text him now and ask. Yeah, good, good idea. Okay, so anyway, my point was that I went out the room at some point, I think, or dozed off, and I don't know how he got back to find Imbu. What happened? So they were there, obviously, in the Himalayas. With the snowman. Yes, and then they said, "There's a." he, he said, oh, there's a village about three days' walk from here. Right. Um and then obviously Sully has the idea that he can go back it he can go into one of the rooms where they're scaring and right. get through the door that way. But it was a bit odd because they said it was gonna be it's like obviously a three day trek, I think he said. Mm. I mean he seemed to get there within two minutes. Well, yeah, in the time it took me to boil a kettle, he was back. Yeah. So Sally does go back and find Boo and she's about to be, I don't know, tortured, exterminated, whatever, by Randall. And I don't know what the two of them have, I don't know what the owner of the company and what Randall have been doing with her for however long, you know, messing around. Well, they've yeah. managed to be banished, walk three days to this town, <laughs> uh, you know, and nothing's <laughs> happened. No. Then we see um, a fight with Randall and Mike appears. He's annoying here. This is the comedic moment, which is the moment I wrote down, I bet Holly doesn't like Mike, because this is intentional comedy and we all know you don't like that. So basically, Sully's being strangled by a camouflage Randall and Mike doesn't notice he's being strangled and he's just carrying on the conversation with him. Pathetic. Yeah, I can imagine that made you furious. What, did you think it was funny? I understood it was meant to be funny, but no, it wasn't. It was, it was too obvious, yeah. very obvious humour. It was. Having said that, I think Billy Crystal was very good as Mike. I didn't know who it was, so... Oh, okay. Mm. We didn't see the famous scenes with loads of doors, which must have taken years to animate, I would imagine just seemed also from their point of view I, I, I don't know why at one point they they could see the door and in that room full of loads of doors you know then they decided to just keep bouncing from door to door I just would have thought it'd be easier to climb down yeah they just needed to add five ten minutes onto the film I think it was coming in a bit too short mm, that was obvious after a while, Randall gets chucked through a door uh, uh, to nowhere and left. So that's the end of him. The boss has contamination team waiting and Mike distracts them by pretending to have Boo, but he's just got the costume. Then the boss goes off after Sally and Boo when he realises that Mike is just trying to distract them. 
They set him up by saying he will kidnap children. He doesn't care if he kills them or something. Yeah, so the boss says he doesn't care if he kills or kidnaps children and he doesn't realise that this is a setup, and he's being watched and he gets arrested. I didn't actually, and I thought that was quite clever of them. It was. Very on the ball. Considering that they showed no initiative really other than dressing her as a monster. Yeah. In the moment, they did well. They did. Roz turns out to be undercover and kind of in charge, I guess. For two years. For two years. Again, I don't understand. What was the real boss, well, the one we thought was a real boss doing? What was Randall doing? And why was she overseeing it all? What was she looking for? The main boss, he said something like, oh, this has been in my company. This has been in my family for however many years what was this person sent from oh the board maybe yeah maybe maybe I miss that bit so Ros uh, allows Boo to go home but the rules are Sally can't ever see her again a bit weird though actually thinking about it Carly you know like they've been undercover for uh for two years I mean if you haven't found anything in two years time to give it call it a day <laughs> Like what are you? What are they? What do they want? Like how long was this undercover mission going on for? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It just seems a bit odd. Yeah, I do. We then see inside Boo's room, and you got a couple of um, little treats here. You saw that there was a toy Jessie on the floor, and you also saw a clownfish toy, which I'm guessing was a nod to Finding Nemo, even though they didn't come out till a couple of years after. Well, they they must have been working on it by then. Yeah. Do you know, I didn't notice any of that. Yeah, those were her two toys that were... Mm. I think Sally handed them to her. And then it cuts to... Oh, well, uh, the door's shredded, yes, by the way. yeah, yeah. So that you can't go back for it. Uh, it cuts to later on, and lots later, I don't know how long, and they are getting their power source from making kids laugh now rather than scream. Yeah. Which is nice. Sally is in charge. But we see that he's still moping around about Boo. Mike has managed to put Boo's door back together from the shredder. And it's a quite a sweet closing line, isn't it? You see Sully going through the door and then you just hear Boo say Kitty because that's what she called him. Yeah. And that that's it. I mean, we that's got to be the quickest film we've ever got through in a synopsis. It, it wasn't a long intense film and also I didn't really hate it so normally that takes up quite a lot of time yeah exactly you didn't have much bad to say so we haven't yeah we've given ourselves quite a short episode now because you haven't gone off on one just you know a mild irritation of Mike was was the worst it got yeah but it is an exceptionally good film I think it's one of Pixar's best if you, if you took away all three of the Toy Story it would it would be the the best Pixar I think and you know obviously you've not seen it Carla but Monsters University is good maybe maybe I'll give it a watch if it's on one of the free streaming or something yeah it's good the thing is I really like this film and I had it on DVD but I don't actually think I've watched it since it was at the cinema you know like sometimes Disney films I just find you don't watch them over and over again no Unless you happen, they happen to be on telly. Like to actually, other than for this show, I would never just think, right, I'm going to sit down and watch a Disney film. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
Maybe they're, we're the wrong people to be doing this podcast. Yeah. Sorry about that. False advertising. People probably expected real avid fans and then they get us. Oh, well. Souls. Let's have a look. We've had a lot of shout outs. So a lot of love for this film. Hey. Mm, lots of love for it. Thank you, Adam. Is that your tea? Sorry. Yeah, it is. We've just finished. We're just doing the shout, the shout outs. Right, so we have got our friend Will from the Hey Down In Front podcast. He says, I used to like it, then I had a kid, and after watching Mm. it 10,000 times, I could do without it ever existing. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's the thing, you you just don't get the, you wouldn't get the pleasure of just being able to sit and watch it when you want, you know, if you've got a child who's obsessed with it. Yeah. You've just got to watch it. Yeah. Whenever they want. A Silent Echo said it's a meh kind of movie. Meh as in M-E-H. Not bothered about it then. Not bothered by it, but bothered enough to comment. So that's nice. Thank you. My friend Gina says the ugly snail thing reminds me of my sister Prina. (laughs) So that's nice. Cheers Gina for that. And apologies to Prina. Lyle. Lyle said something nice. Maybe we should put this in a quiz question. (laughs) Which episode was the one nice shout out that Lyle did? He says, I love Boo and the ending is cute. And he's put little hearts Mm. on it. Aw, you agreed. You thought the ending was nice. I did think the ending was nice. I thought Boo was very cute. Yeah. And I normally don't, you know, like kids in films and stuff, but... Well, I don't dislike them. I'm not like an active hater of kids in films. But, you know, I can kind of take them or leave them. But I thought she was exceptional. Yeah, you wouldn't be like to every child, oh, they're all lovely. Just because they're a child. Yeah, I, I don't like people that are, that do that. I think that's very odd. When people say, I just love children. Do you? Because some are horrible. Yeah. At Wulong Talks says, still one of my favourite Pixar films. Boo's introduction scene is as funny as anything I've ever seen. Gosh. At Rough Giraffe says, This has one of the best end scenes of any film I've ever seen. The animation still holds up to this day. Lots of people like the ending. They do. My cousin, Alexander Stenin, says, Animation holds up and an underrated Pixar film. Great ending. Everyone loves the ending. Everyone loves the ending. And last but definitely not least, our long-term fan of the show, who has been interacting with us loads from the beginning, at Sandy Sharks says, such a funny Pixar classic. I really love it. And also, I do the perfect Roz impression. Now, because he's been interacting with us since the start, I challenged him to email us over his impression of Roz. And we're going to play it on air now. You ready? Yeah. Wazowski, didn't follow your paperwork last night. Don't let it happen again. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. That was actually very good. It's very good. Very, very good. You know, sometimes when people say they can do a good impression, it's like, you know, again, I get very, like, I get embarrassed for them. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't embarrassed at all throughout that because it was bang on. Well, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Very good. Bravo. You're still drinking that tea. I can tell you're enjoying it. Does he make a good cup of tea? Yeah, it's very nice. I don't drink tea often, though. No, I I never drink tea, but are you? I do judge people on what kind of tea they drink, even though I'm not a tea drinker. Oh, so you're you're not one of these milky tea people, are you? Well, I do have milk in my tea. No, but like, would like, would you have a builder's tea or would you have a very weak tea? Oh, no, I'd have like a builder's tea. Yeah, good, good. I judge people very much that have like a tea that looks like they just waved a tea bag over it. Mm. I think if you're going to have a cup of tea like a cup of milk basically with a, yeah. a drip of a tea bag in it mm, awful do you have tea bags in your house though would you have them? I do okay yeah what brand? for uh twinings what one English breakfast mm. because all, my, my family are all huge tea drinkers so I would only have you know the best tea for if if my friends ever wanted a cup and um I will drink a cup of tea. If someone made me one by accident, like it's happened at work sometimes that someone doesn't realise that I only drink coffee and they give me a cup of tea, I'll drink it, but it's not a drink of choice. Yeah. I remember once, years ago, I was on a training course and uh, I went in and she said, oh, tea or coffee? And I said, coffee. And I'm very particular with coffee because I'm a huge coffee drinker. If I think someone hasn't got cream or coffee, mate, I don't like coffee with milk unless it's made properly, like a cappuccino or a latte. I don't just like a bit of milk in with instant coffee. So anyway, because because of that, I will usually have tea black. If I'm at someone's house, I'll have it black because I know they're not going to have coffee made in. And uh, I was on this call and I said, yeah, black. And she said, black. And I was like, yeah, 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 black, please. Anyway, she bought me out a black tea. Too polite to say, oh, I meant coffee. Oh, I had to drink this black tea, which wasn't pleasant. Mm. I mean, I don't even like tea, let alone black tea. Anyway, the rest of the day, I avoided any more hot drinks because I'm British and couldn't tell us you'd made a mistake. Yeah. And then I got there the next day. Should I remembered? There was a black tea waiting for me. I don't like when people do that either, because sometimes when I go upstairs to the canteen, Because they obviously, because every day I'll have the same coffee, you know, I have coffee in the morning. Sometimes they might just start making it. And, you know, oh. like sometimes I'm like, maybe I fancied a latte today. I can't. Honestly and truly, when I have been into a Starbucks and they start to recognise you, out of spite, I've ordered something different at the till <sighs> when I've seen that they've started to make it. Because I just think, how dare you? They'll know that nine times out of ten, I'll go in and I'll have a Cortado. So they they start making, I think, don't do that. Because, like you said, I might fancy something different today. So I will go up and order a drink I don't even want. Or like. <laughs> Just anything at all to prove them that don't assume what I'm going to have. And then just leave it at the bar and then they're like, oh, Carla, you've left your drink. And you'd be like, no, I didn't even want it. But don't ever presume again (laughs) and walk out. I think we all learn a lesson from that. 
I just think it's really presumptuous. I hate it. It's just too friendly. No, I'm your customer. I'm not your friend. Don't start making me my drink. You wait for me to ask. It yeah. puts pressure on me that I'm obviously like a really predictable, boring person. It just does no one any good when they do this nonsense. I just heard Adam, Adam just was like, you are. I was like, thank you. <laughs> anyway, thank you for all the shout outs. And thank you especially to at Sandy Shark. Go and follow him on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. And we are also the proud creators of Britpod Scene. So if you head to Britpod Scene on Twitter, everything we retweet are the shows that we endorse. Do you have anything to add, Holly? No, nothing to add from me. Wonderful. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow Brit Pod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.